Welcome to the Geekcentric Podcast, and welcome to our spoiler-free review for the Netflix film, Leave the World Behind. There's no going back to normal. Hello, I'm J-Law, but you can call me Justin, and if you're joining us for the first time, well, we are Geekcentric, a podcast covering the world of movies, TV shows, toys, collectibles, gaming, and all things Geekcentric. Joining me for this apocalyptic size review are two dudes that uh, I I would happily be stuck in a house with while the (laughs) world ends. Maybe. I don't know. Uh, I'm joined by Nate Shelton, Kevin Hudson. How are you guys? (laughs) Oh, man. (laughs) Justin, it's like you're always stuck in second gear, you know, when it hasn't been your day, your week, your month, or even your year, you know? You know what I'm talking I'm about? not sure. I'm not getting that reference, but okay. what's the... <laughs> clearly you're not a fan then. <laughs> of what? Oh boy, jeez. Wow. This is the one. Wow. Uh, this is the one where Justin doesn't get it, Nate. The one where oh, Justin doesn't get it. <laughs> I see. It's a friend's quote. Oh, very clever. Very clever. This is Yikes. the one. All right, keep going. Kevin keep moving on. Okay. Well, with that out of the way, uh, you know, speaking of friends, which ironically has uh you know a very uh relevant point to this story uh again spoiler free we won't get into details about it but it did have me thinking for you guys i would love to know uh is there a tv show that is just your your go-to your your thing that that is just like comfort you'll you'll always watch and you just you get the 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 the, the good the good vibes from kev how about you i know you're a big tv guy um, you know, for years and years after it went off the air, I was rocking the the rewatches of The Office. Uh, I am still dead set, hell bent on getting to like a global office trivia championship. I think I could Whoa. I could keep up with the biggest fans in the world on that show. I've seen it so many times. Uh, but lately, if I was if I was only going to be able to watch one show on repeat, sort of like it's just my go to. I love it. Uh, I'm slapping on Parks and Rec whenever I can. I love oh. that show. Uh, it's it's like my favorite feel-good show. The characters and their arcs and just the little moments are pitch perfect constantly. Nice. Beautiful. Nice. How about, how about you, Nate? Um, I think for me, oh, man, anything animated Star Wars. So Clone Wars, Rebels, Bad Batch. Um, I think I noticed this most recently. I was for at Thanksgiving. I was with the family, and my cousins just had a random episode from season five on. And I asked them like, "What season is that?" Like, we don't know. We just clicked a button and hit play. And but it's funny because I I sat down and like even joining halfway through the episode, I must have sat and watched like four episodes in a row with them just without even meaning to. Uh, I just think the the way that the stories are just they're they're small you know, two to three episode arcs for the majority of that series uh, of Clone Wars specifically. I just think it's there. It's really nice in small sittings. So it's like if I'm going to sit down for a meal or watch something uh, and I've got nothing else that I'm kind of currently watching, uh, I'll just throw some animated Star Wars on and I'll just feel safe, you know, and at home. So, (laughs) 
Yeah, well, Friends is clearly not the one that I'm going to choose, um, but I will go with <laughs> apparently another another uh, famous '90s sitcom, uh, Seinfeld. Uh, I, yes. I don't I don't yeah. know how many times I've ever been able to put that on and and not just get absorbed into whatever it is, even if I've I've already seen it. And even though it's it's a bit of a I would say argue it's a bit of a dark comedy about these people, uh, you know, and 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 you know their their I guess trials and tribulations of life. Uh, it's it's always been uh, of comfort. It always feels uh, great to, I guess, watch others suffer, if you will. I was just going <laughs> right. to say, I was just going to say, like, it feels like, yeah, like it's nice when you can see, oh, well, my life's not doing great, but their life is clearly worse <laughs> right now. I'm not George. <laughs> exactly. And if, and I got to say, if I was in, a, in an apocalyptic time and, you know, I'm, 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 I'm hating on life a little, or I'm just not loving what our current situation is. Seinfeld might be the 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 savior in reminding me. Well, it could always be worse, right? It, it could, could always be worse. worse. I could always yeah. be George. Yeah. So that, yeah. or you'll you'll just at least <laughs> laugh your troubles away. Exactly. Mostly, that would be. Uh, that's what I would hope is that it, it would, I would just <laughs> laugh them away, and then you know what? I'd probably get into Friends and and understand the the quote you you mentioned before. Uh, anyway, yeah, watch. Have you seen it? <laughs> I've really seen good. a few seasons. Yeah, um, it's, it's only like clearly... one of the most famous theme songs. No, of all time. Yeah. <laughs> How you doing? <laughs> yeah. And you know what? You never really think about the lyrics of the song because yeah. you just kind of go through the motions of it. Throw me a curveball. I appreciate that. Um, <laughs> Um, all right, well, let's get into talking about this movie. As mentioned, we are talking about the Netflix film Leave the World Behind. Uh, the synopsis is in this apocalyptic thriller from the award-winning writer and director Sam Esmill, who's known for Mr. Robot, uh, Amanda, Academy Award winner Julia Roberts, and her husband Clay, played by Academy Award nominee Ethan Hawke, rent a luxurious home for a weekend with their kids, Archie, played by Charlie Evans, and Rose, played by Farah McKenzie. Their vacation is soon upended when two strangers, G.H., played by Academy Award winner Mahershala Ali, and his daughter Ruth, played by Mahala Harold, arrive in the night bearing news of a mysterious cyber attack and seeking refuge in the house they claim is theirs. The two families reckon with a looming disaster that grows more terrifying by the minute, forcing everyone to come to terms with their places in the collapsing world. Based on the National Book Award-nominated novel by Ruman Alma, Leave the World Behind is produced by Esmil Corp, Red Om Films, and executive produced by Higher Ground Productions, which is actually the production company from Barack and Michelle Obama. Uh, so they produced this movie, uh, wow. for, for those who didn't know that. Uh, I had read a while back that they had started a production company and that they were doing work with Netflix. So this is obviously one of their movies that they're producing with or, or distributing with uh, Netflix. So this is pretty cool to, to see. And they apparently were huge fans of this book. Uh, it is going to be available on Netflix uh, globally, December. Um, but yeah, let's get into it. Let's talk about what worked and what didn't work for us uh, with this. I'll just kind of kick things off if that's okay. Coming off of uh, as a fan of, of Mr. Robot, uh, which is what really drew me to want to, to cover this movie and, and, and talk about it and check it out. It has a lot to do with my, my love for that show and weirdness and the themes of, of classism, corporation and, and, you know, societal issues. Um, and, you know, this very inherently either purposely or not feels entirely connected to that world. Um, and it goes even deeper with obviously the, uh, 
confines of a film, really pushing things like the sense of dread or the Hitchcockian vibe of of just doom looming around the corner. And what's driving this tension is the, the the cinematography, the sound design, the score, the editing. It's it's all of these things coming together to push the movie in a in a direction. And the confidence that this movie has to to not give you everything and to make you wonder and while focusing on the dynamics of the situation that these people are in it's it's really really interesting it becomes less about the actual situation but rather how the situation is affecting these people so i I think this this was this was great this was good i think a big part of that justin for me at least is in the first thing i noticed watching the movie. I think it's the first thing that a lot of people will notice is uh, the cinematography by Todd Campbell, who uh, worked on Stranger Things. Uh, he worked with Esmail on, on Mr. Robot as well. Mm-hmm. And I think, I think you know, it, the, the way the movie is shot and captured, the angles and the way the camera moves, um, it can be everything from unsettling uh, to disorienting. Uh, I'd say maybe a little later in the film, a little distracting uh, and everything in between. And I think, I think that does... Um, help for the I'd say the the majority of the movie to kind of bring you in to keep you in and and locked in and sort of weaving from moment to moment I think the way that characters are framed uh gives very classic thriller vibes um I think the very Hitchcockian right like the the slow zoom-ins or medium speed zoom-ins on characters faces uh as they're coming to a realization of something I was just like what how how old is this movie right like mm-hmm. um so i think there's some interesting things and i also like how the the camera will um flow between conversations with characters even through multiple levels of the house right i think mm-hmm. there's moments where the camera doesn't break and you you literally see the floorboards as you pass by and um there's a really really i think where it really caught me was a, a combination of the cinematography uh and the audio design where the there's a very early moment um where they're driving towards the house and uh, they go from moment to moment with each character. And it almost feels as though you're not only in that character's space, but you're getting a sense of like, you're in their world for the brief moment. And then it goes to the next character and then you're in their world. And it's, it's this really interesting thing that I haven't seen in most films Mm -hmm. that I think helps to emphasize the concept of, you know, leave, leaving your world behind. Right. And, and very much kind of showing the separation of these characters. And I think, uh, you know, on your point, Nate, the the way the camera is used to keep you kind of guessing where you're going, what's going to be around a corner, what's going to be, you know, on this next floor as you're traveling from this house from level to level. It's it's that sense of wondering what is going to happen next. What am I going to see next uh, that even you touched on, Justin, that I think really does help cr- start to create the sense of this this growing doom this this growing concern that the movie does a really really excellent job of creating throughout uh and then i think another element uh and on top of the unbelievable camera work like i was blown away by that but i think the music choices and the way mm-hmm. music is used and the way it's cut out suddenly and and they, they they play with it in really fun ways throughout the movie there's one part where there's this really terrifying music playing as they're driving the car and as they turn off the car the music stops as if they're listening to that music in the car (laughs) and clearly they wouldn't be driving around listening to like this (laughs) ominous soundtrack but it was just such a fun use of sound in the moment to sort of go 
oh, okay, now we're at this next moment and what's going to happen now? And so throughout the movie, they just use it so well and it and it does such a powerful job. Of, like I was sinking deeper and deeper into my seat as these moments built and built and built. And I might talk a little bit about later on um, how some of these moments are interrupted, uh, unfortunately, for me, but the music itself being such an awesome instrument. Yeah, Hitchcockian is, is such a poignant term because it it does find that balance of incredible camera work sound design and then editing like the editing on this from lisa lisick is is spot on like you pointed out kevin just you build 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 and then suddenly it's just cut right like i think that that's so that's done so intentionally such a great way to to leverage the and hone the 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 craft of cinematography and sound design and and editing to really tell this story in a, in a very impactful way and the filmmakers are are blessed here with an absolutely incredible cast that i think does a really wonderful job i mean when julia roberts can make you like dislike her character what uh, you know that's like wow yeah. like yeah, she's yeah. you don't know if you like her or you hate her, her you know? right yeah yeah, like, yeah. it's yeah. it's very interesting and then I thought it was a really fun relationship. The the dichotomy, the differences between her and her husband, uh, played by Ethan Hawke, really well. He's really charming, and and you really enjoy him. Uh, you get two pretty darn good kid performances or younger actor performances. Um, I mean, when you're on screen with you know Academy Award winners, you know uh, to even be able to keep up with them is is a testament to to their acting prowess. Uh, and then you got Mahershala, who's just like the guy the guy can't do anything wrong and so it's it's always a treat to see him yeah i think the majority of this cast was was excellent i think i think the 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 youngest actors um i think um you know, I don't think it's their own fault. Uh, Farrah McKenzie and Charlie Evans uh, play Rose and, and Archie uh, Sanford. And I, I don't think that they it's their fault. I think they I don't think they were given enough to do. Um, if if I'm kind of jumping in there, I think they I, I just feel like they're they could have been a little more fleshed out. I can talk about that later. But I do want to just quickly shout out um, uh, Mahala uh, Harold as Ruth Scott. I think she might have been my favorite performance in the movie. Um, I think her. Her character, for me at least, I thought showed the most amount of growth throughout the film. Uh, and like you were saying, Kevin, like, I mean, to just even be on screen with, you know, Julia Roberts and Mahershala Ali and Ethan Hawke, but not only just to be on screen with them, but to be able to hold your own and and really come back yeah. at them. And especially with some of the sort of confrontational stuff that Ruth and Amanda have together. Um, I think it's I think she did a phenomenal job. Yeah, I think that like the weight of this movie is really on Julia Roberts and, and Mahershal. They they sort of serve as sort of the polar opposites that need to find a balance between their their sort of understanding of the situation. And I think they start to very much share in their experiences that they have more in common than not. And I think the same is to be said about Ruth, uh, Mahala's character as well, who, you know, very much seems to challenge uh, Amanda in a lot of ways um, and and how to kind of look at life, um, which I think it's just, there's just such a, a beauty in all of that in how these people are sort of forced to be in this situation and live under this, this house. But, you know, they're, they're respectfully learning more about them themselves through that. And I think each of these, these actors, they, they brought such, such great, great acting chops to this and, and really, you know, became these characters in a lot of ways and and i enjoyed i enjoyed the performances by far like i think they're some of the some of the best 
Yeah, and I I think um, just on a story standpoint, I mean, I, you already mentioned Hitchcock. I also think Twilight Zone. Um, I yes. definitely got Twilight Zone vibes, Black Mirror vibes mm-hmm. at times as well. But I think there's something that that Sam Asmell does that just sort of there are aspects to this movie and to this story that feel very fresh and very different, obviously purposefully. Um, and then there's some aspects that I think sort of fall in line with the, with a little more traditional that maybe we'll, we'll talk about and, you know, disliked, but, um, but no, I think, I think as far as sort of the, the entire concept of, of the movie, if you are a fan of twilight zone, if you're a fan of black mirror uh, of, of Mr. Robot, I think you're, you're really going to dig it. Yeah. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. I think all of those are great examples of, of how this story kind of plays with the same sort of tropes and, and that mystery. And it's, you know, it's it's crazy because it, as much as you as a viewer are so enamored with what is going on, it's really about these people, right? Mm-hmm. It's really about these people in this situation that is the heart of the story, right? Mm-hmm. And, and, and I think that that's what I really appreciated about it. It's about their dynamic and how they need to cope with this situation and, you know, that's what I thought was really interesting. And I think you're right, Nate, like Sam Esmail has done such a great job with kind of playing with those, those themes in something like Mr. Robot that again, as I said at the top here, it just, this inherently feels like it's in the same world. And, right. And you were, you were actually, place. we were talking offline and you were saying that there are Easter eggs in the movie that if I you're didn't a Mr. Catch, Yeah. If you're a Mr. Robot, Mr. Robot fan, uh, look for them because you'll, so you'll cool. find them. And, and like, to me that, that just adds another layer. Like yeah, they're probably just it. Easter eggs, <laughs> but at the end of the day, given if you have watched Mr. Robot, it might change the perspective of how you looked at it. Cause once I found the first or saw the first Easter egg, yeah. then I started to think Mr. Robot and understanding what this is really about could work yeah i could talk about so yeah see and just you mentioned that you know these characters and and you know learning more about them and seeing them having to cope in this world um was an element you you like the most and for me that actually is part of of something that didn't work for the movie for me uh as much as i can understand that you know the characters are such an integral part of this movie i think what this movie does so so well is how it builds tension, how it 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 builds up this element of it's really like a horror movie in many many ways. Not your traditional mm-hmm. horror movie, but that sense of uh, you know incoming doom and and what is it and what's happening and what's going to happen next. And I think this movie does such an incredible job as it leads you in from this bright, cheerful, happy beginning and just starts building layer upon layer of like, oh my god, what's going on here and. And it would go for 15, 20 minutes and you're going, holy shit, holy shit, I'm terrified. What's going on? What's going on? What's going on? And then it would suddenly just ease off a bit and slow down and spend some time with these characters. And then it would start back up and it would go and it would go and I'd be like, yes, yes, this is unbelievable, unbelievable. And then they'd stop. There's one in particular (laughs) um, towards the end of the film where it's like right in the middle of this, like 40 minutes of like, I think what this movie really could have done. And I know we say it so often, trim off some time, make it a bit shorter. But I honestly think if you cut 20 minutes from this movie, you make it just a pulse pounding nonstop two hours of just like, holy cow, holy cow, holy cow, holy Mm -hmm. cow, holy cow. Like I almost liken it to wrestling a little in that like you can build one of two types of matches. You can build a 40 minute masterpiece and the skills that are involved there is you can't have a crowd cheering and screaming for 40 straight minutes. You'll burn them out. So you give them a big spot and you give them time to come down. You give them a bigger spot. They go crazy. Then you get let them slow down and then you build up to your final and it's over. Or you have 15 minute high flyer, high 
fast-paced, go, go, go from bell to bell matches that are just nonstop movement, nonstop crazy, and it's just a, a barn burner from start to finish. And I would have almost preferred that here. I would have preferred once that tension starts coming in, right until that final shot, that final moment, if you just built up to it and then eased off, I just think it would have worked a bit better for me. That was my biggest disappointment is that it it slowed down too often. It let me get my heart rate back down to normal. It let me sort of get comfortable. And then it had to work to get me back up to that pulse pounding you know sense of fear and dread again so that just that was my one grievance that i had with the film i i I feel like that's what worked for me the most is is how they they built that and then kind of sucked the air out of the moment it kind of it 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 worked in a way that kind of enhances what they're going through the sense of panic and dread and then something kind of eases them but i get what you're saying i think that that sort of roller coaster ride of tension and, and, and whatnot might, might feel a little jarring for, for some. Well, I, I just mean like, do you really think that in the middle of like, you know, this, the worst few days of your life and like the horrific thing is that you've seen and, and the horrible things that are going on and you're worried about this and you're worried about that and you're worried about this. Well, why don't we stop and have a 15 minute conversation about, you know, the shitty things in the world that are going on and oh, darn gosh, gee, isn't that no man focus on the crazy <laughs> shit going around you. Nobody's going to stop and have like a heart to heart talk. And you know what? I actually respect it, you now. Like, no man, I don't got time for that. The world think, is crumbling around yeah. me. But I think that's the beauty of the situation is that the, that pending doom, that threat, that panic is what's allowing them to actually bond, right? Because at the end of the day, when we are introduced to these characters, they're at such opposite ends. And by mm-hmm. the end of it, based on this situation and what they've gone through, they're closer together than they are when they when they started at the beginning. So I think that again, it's I think it was obviously purposeful to do it that way. But I, I think that changes the tone of the movie by focusing obviously on the that th- intense thriller aspect of what is this threat and you know sh- focusing on that, right? Because you do get some really great moments. And then to your point, you pull back from them. And then there's these more character focused moments. And then you go back to intense moments and you go back to character moments. But it's crazy to think about how each of those intense moments influences the characters along the way as they develop through this movie. So like you're saying, it didn't work for you. I think for some, it it probably will be the same. It'll feel like a bit of a rocky roller coaster moving through those, those motions. But, you know, you know, continuing that, dialogue of what didn't work nate you were mentioning before you know there were some things that didn't necessarily vibe for you what, what were those things yeah i think um again I, I brought up the concept or the the aspect of like esmil delivering a very fresh aspect to this like he did with mr robot and i, I just feel though that unfortunately it doesn't uh, avoid uh, I think a really big sin when it comes to uh, thrillers or mystery rabbit hole style stories where in that like they have a, a certain character who they keep hinting knows more than they let on. And then they they don't they don't unfortunately they don't practically justify why that character withheld that information. Right. Which leads me to believe that it's solely for the purpose of building that suspense and allowing the story to move forward which that's totally fair like I, that's that's fine but it just felt it felt too synthetic for me right and it kind of took me out in a similar way that when we talk about um 
it comes up a lot, but Ant-Man and the Wasp quantum mania and the, the idea that the first half, half of uh, that movie is a character just withholding that information that if they had just given that information, we might've gotten a, a much more natural and dynamic story. And I think, I think that, you know, if it was if it was part of a larger message, maybe I didn't pick up on it. The the idea of that character withholding the information. But I don't think that's the case because the messaging in the movie is is pretty upfront. Right. Like there's some really great messaging on the reliance of technology, the division of cultures, uh, a focus on racism and prejudice and the dysfunction, classism, yeah. you know, classism, dysfunctionality of of uh, modern society. Like there's there's all these messages that are very clearly painted. I felt as though the the decision uh, that the one decision that was you know to withhold this information from this character just felt like it was in purpose to the story. And again, I'm not a I'm not a writer, so like I'm not gonna be saying I could do a better job. It, but to me, it just it took me out of it a little bit because I was just like, why? What's the purpose of doing that? I think there's there's already so much of a mystery going on, and because you spend so much time locked within the, this house. And and have no clue what's going on in the outside world. There's so already so much mystery that the 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 one you're talking about that they sort of loop along the whole movie until the, you finally go, oh well, yeah, like that. What really wasn't that much of a surprise? Why wouldn't you just sort of share <laughs> Why that you just tell so us? that everyone's yeah. <laughs> on the same page? And yeah, it yeah, was, it was a mystery for the sake of a mystery instead of enriching the story or leading to a, a payoff that went somewhere considering there's so much other stuff going on already, it did feel very unnecessary. Mm -hmm. well, yeah, I, I, I think I understood at least why that was withheld, because it was clear that there was a sense of not wanting to panic, not wanting to jump to conclusions without understanding the full uh, scope of what was going on. And I think as you know, that character kind of unravels and begins to explore that, they start to realize this is something that you have to panic about. And mm. I think it's clear that that kind of unravels itself throughout. But again, it could be like you guys are saying, that's a great it could explanation, be a of... <laughs> but it, yeah. I, but that's, but that's what I, that's at least what I took away from okay, it. Right. Good. Because at least in regards to, um, you know, both um, Amanda and GH, they have families. Mm -hmm. uh, they have people that, um, you know, they don't want to freak out and, and necessarily go, to extremes so they're downplaying and they are trying to figure out and get more information and that's that's really the biggest thing too is like another big part of this is misinformation mm -hmm. right like this story is like they they don't have all the pieces right because mm -hmm. the information is being is being concealed in a, in a lot of ways because they they have no no access to it right because of a massive cyber attack so it's like there's there's a lot there in in regards to that but I, I guess it what what it really comes down to for myself as one thing that didn't work is that maybe there's just a lot of things in this pot that are working together that may not necessarily land or stick on any one thing. Mm. Um, there, a lot of it might be more subtext to a larger story rather than it being a a focus. Um, so you know, because to your point, it's like what what do you need to focus on in regards to? the elements that are at play in this story. I'm doing my best to describe it's things. It's tough to talk about it without spoiling it. <laughs> spoiling for sure. It, for sure. 100%. But yeah. I, I do think like, again, it didn't, it didn't hinder my experience, but it was sure. just something that I noticed. And as you move through that, it's just, there's another layer, there's another element, there's another mm -hmm. thing that's at play here. And it's really just kind of keeping tack, intact all of that 
there's so many there's so many messages could they have maybe focused on a, a few less and maybe yeah. that would have made it they would have focused on it more and like, then the others would be more yeah. lifted right yeah so yeah. you know i i get you and this there's some things that really work well in a more subtle way like you talked about the prejudice and the racism and this idea mm -hmm. of trusting people and looking at how people look at like i think another great example and we didn't even talk about him was was kevin bacon's role uh, oh, yeah. in this movie and i think he exemplifies everything that that is conspiracy theory right so mm -hmm. like he's literally uh, that that is the he's the embodiment of it and as 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 his role in, in the movie is surprising um but at the end of the day it's it's very fitting based in the context of the story uh of of how you how we see things so yeah it was um, great to see him and his brother on screen at the same time <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Oh, you think Ethan Hawke and him look look alike? <laughs> they look similar. Are you I kidding can me? Yeah, I think I they look alike. See it. They Especially probably have bushy, played brothers. Bushy gray white beards. Yeah, and sure. Yeah, <laughs> sure. Okay. Well, was there anything else that you guys had to share in terms of thoughts or what? I think mark? the I think the only other thing I I would just kind of circle back to just in regards to the cast. And again, I don't think it's their their faults. I think there's nothing wrong with their performances. It's just the brother and sister felt very one note they felt like they much like the idea of this character withholding information to service sort of the mystery for mystery's sake this was very much like the brother and sister being brother and sister and like they've got sort of one thing on their minds at any given time and it just for a movie that's trying to sort of uh, break the mold of the genre right like we've got like more focused on a family whereas a lot of movies in this genre in this in this sort of subgenre or thriller uh genre of, of uh, you know, world situation, we would be seeing a massive cast, right? And jumping between multiple families. But here we're only really focused on two. And I think that's great. They're, they're breaking the mold there. But, but with these two, I felt like there could have been a little bit more, it's just something dynamic for them. I don't think it's them. I think it was the writing for them uh, more than anything that kind of just bothered me a little bit. Um, but that would be the only other thing that didn't work. Look at me. I'm like going to come up with points to defend. <laughs> I think, well, yeah. I think in a lot of, I think in a lot of ways they were they were representative of of innocence, right? In a lot of ways, like they they kind of symbolize that. But nice. I don't know, Kev. How about you? Um, I just think you know it, they're they're they were very uh, representative of the youths of this time and their fixation on screens and the kind of emptiness that their life has without those screens. Mm. And I think also they're you know I it, sometimes you can make kids be too smart for their own good or too aware of of things that they would just have no clue about and i think it's really well explained why the kids are behaving the way they are simply based on you know the way the adults are you know the adults are talking kids you just go to the other room and, right. and don't worry about it you know and so i think that was that was, it was it was you know them the, them being shielded from the truth that led exactly. to them not really reacting uh you know any more than they did on screen i guess yeah, i'm just more more hopeful for a world where children aren't hollow but i guess the, the you're trying to say that that there very much are kids out there that are just like that <laughs> the ipad generation baby oh no yeah, screen 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 driven generation i totally agree with, mm. with what you're saying there kevin i think that again they 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 sort of symbolize a sense of of innocence and vulnerability and even though they're so attached to their screens their parents are trying to preserve and keep the what innocence they can and not freak them out and and so on so you mm. know i think the only person the only of the of the kids you know you talked about rose and, and archie let's let's not forget that ruth is 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 also one of those kids 
kids is, is, is older, but she's, she wants the honest. She wants the honest truth. Right. And mm. I think she's very much uh, someone who symbolizes uh, in different, in a, in a different way from Archie and, and Rose seeking that truth and, mm. and finding what, what's really going on. So uh, I think her, those kids in relation to Ruth are supposed to kind of show that dichotomy of generational differences between, you know, how people are, you know, in this time with, with technology and stuff like that. Because I do think that, again, she's probably older than the oldest, which is, which is Archie, but I don't think it's by much. Right. So, so yeah. Well, I mean, speaking of, you know, being, you know, we're, we're of a generation where we now rely on our screens uh, as much as the, the kiddos do. And have you ever felt more represented on screen than, you know, Ethan Hawke saying, I, I I rely on GPS and Google. I'm a useless man. And it's like, damn, that is Nate. If I was in that situation, that might be true. Yeah. Kevin, Kevin and I have been driving around recently, just kind of, you know, going buying Lorcana cards. And yeah, he's, there have been moments where I'm just, I'm amazed at his ability to navigate even without a GPS, I'm blown away. Yeah, but blown that's away. just that's I, I've told you the same thing. Like we're we've, we're both Nate, Kevin and I are from the same generation where we didn't mm-hmm. have GPS systems. We remember things based on on that. Like I can, we both could probably get around Toronto and and as well as excellent. Our so you just both take care of me. That's that's perfect. Amazing. <laughs> yeah, we yeah, are like your shepherd. What's, what's, you what's are the, the difference sheep. between <laughs> all that's already happening? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Uh, all right. Well, with that said, I think it's time that we wrap up this uh, review with our final thoughts and our score, which will be out of one to five Airbnb listings. Kev, I'll start with you. Uh, right off the bat, um, I, I really enjoyed a lot of of what the, the filmmakers did here. I think um, there's there's just so much that works with the film from a cinematography and and filming perspective. It just looks really cool, and in conjunction with the music, it just goes such a long way to creating these dreadful scenarios and and scenes and moments. And honestly, I can't remember the last time I've I've been so tense watching a movie. I generally don't watch thrillers and and movies of that 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 ilk and so for me it was very much out of my comfort zone and this movie did a terrific job of like pushing me further and further out of my comfort zone and i think what disappointed me the most was when they brought me back and i and i felt safe there's there's literally a moment at like the exact halfway point of this film where we were able to pause for a second go to the washroom and not feel like we were breaking up the build of anything important in the movie whereas like I mentioned earlier, had they kept this tension going, I would have held it into the end. It wouldn't have mattered because I wouldn't have <laughs> wanted that sort of suspense and that that build to be broken. And so I think the fact that it's based on a book, maybe these more intimate character studies work better in book form than they did in the movie, at least for me as I was viewing it. Uh, that said, that can't take away too, too much from from what was honestly just like I was ready to go to bed, you know, with with sweaty pits and just like a fear of the world ending. And, um, you know, and I think other than those breaks in in that suspense that the movie unfortunately had, I think it did a really good job. And it made it made you think about how you live your life in this day and age and what you would do if you were in this this situation and how 
you know, it was it was like, shit, we should really like get some canned goods and some cases of water in the basement just in case shit goes down. Because what would we do, you know? Uh, and so I think from that perspective alone, the movie does a really, really good job of making you think just like, what if? Um, and again, uh, great acting performances all around that really sort of bring home this. You're, you're on this journey with these people and you just want them to get through it uh, as much as you would your own family. And again, you wonder, what would I do in this situation? And for that alone, ah, man, I wish I could give it somewhere in between these, but we don't do that here on the Geek Centric Podcast. <laughs> I can't quite give it a four, unfortunately. Ah, you know what? I'm going to do it. I'm giving it Whoa. four out of five Airbnb listings. Nice. All right, Nate, how about yourself? Well, I think the first thing I would do is I would come over to Kevin. Well, I'd probably pick you up, Justin, get your whole family, and then we would head over to Kevin's. And then I'm thinking we find like a Costco. Like, I think we find the nearest Costco, sneak in. Obviously, no one's there, right? And then we lock it down ourselves. And I think we just bunker there. I think that's probably right. Costco's got a lot of things. I think uh, everybody <laughs> is going to Costco. Oh, shoot. That's everybody's go to. So okay. you got to get there right away. You gotta, right away. You got to have you got to have a buddy that tips you off and yes. says something might be going down. Yes, 100 you know? percent. I'll already be there eating the samples. Um, I think this was uh, this was a good <laughs> this was a good movie for me. Um, I don't think it's on the same level as something like Don't Look Up. Um, which is just kind of an interesting sort of, you know, when you compare the two, um, I think it does a better job with the subject matter and the genre than like most of the recent M night Shyamalan projects. Um, which again, I think there's some, some similarities that you can look at between these. Um, yeah, this is the happening. If it was good, <laughs> there yes. you go. There you yeah, go. I love exactly. that. The trees didn't do it, you know? Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. <laughs> I mean, yeah. it still might've been the trees. You never know. Um, but, uh, but I think there are some, some narrative and character decisions that just fell a little too close to the sort of the, I guess what you would call like safe uh, traditional thriller aspects that I just, for me, it, it was a little frustrating because again, the, the story being told uh, they're doing so many fresh things, right? They're focusing on just two families instead of, uh, you know, the entire world. I think the, the, the messages that it's trying to convey are very valid and very timely. Uh, unfortunately, uh, and I, I, I think I just I enjoyed I enjoyed the movie. I enjoyed the majority of the characters, the moments, the music. I just think that that music and the 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 fanciful, unsettling cinematography uh, and those performances could only do so much to draw me in uh, while trying to distract me from, again, some of the issues that I had with with some of the decisions narratively. Um, so I, I think it just it, in comparison to the, the freshness, it's just like, again, some of those decisions we're just too traditional. So uh, I'm going to give Leave the World Behind a very solid 3.5 out of 5 Airbnb listings. I think, again, if you are a if you are a Sam Esmail fan, if you like Mr. Robot, if, if you liked uh, Twilight Zone, if you enjoy, um, you know, Black Mirror, uh, I think you'll enjoy this movie quite a bit. I, you know, I, I agree with you. I think Sam Esmail is is um, he's such an introspective writer and director. He He thinks very inwards about the, with the stories that he's telling at least i find to, to help talk about something that's bigger um and i honestly believe like the leave the world behind it, it's very gripping it is that apocalyptic thriller that i think embodies the, the tension and brings that hitchcockian style that i mentioned to the the forefront to instill a sense of impending doom as the world teeters uh, on the edge of catastrophe i think the film's brilliance really does rely in its narrative uh but also in the seamless synergy of cinematography sound design 
and editing, which collectively elevates the viewing experience, in my opinion. Um, the cinematography, as I mentioned, was such a standout, the way it's, you know, it moves and how, how, how it can go from a very fluid motion to being locked off and swiveling and punching in zooms. It gave you a little bit of everything to help give you comfort while also driving tension. And the same goes for the sound design that was just so nerving and and it, it just the music helped to elevate this little piano riffs were were incredible but again the editing is so pivotal as someone who loves to edit things i loved how this film was edited together and how it really does again drive that tension but again another element that i really enjoyed about this movie is the fact that even though that there is an impending apocalypse it's character driven exploration of human dynamics is 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 so well done it, it, given this extreme circumstance you know it kind of dives into the complexities of relationships and understanding people uh, making it more than just a typical disaster movie or a typical ap ap apocalyptic film it's about coming together in a lot of ways and and i think that that's that that helps to to really do that and this is all exemplified by the cast as as we mentioned the, the entire cast did such a great job so you know i i wouldn't say that this is a triumph of a, of a movie but i i did enjoy how the stylistic choices from cinematography to editing to sound design to even just the way the story was was fabricated it all comes together in such a suspenseful top-notch film that I think really does show some technical capabilities of, of how you can drive tension and create tension through the cinematic space. And again, a lot of it does feel like it is riffing on that, that Hitchcockian style and bringing that to, to the forefront to kind of almost go back to a classic tradition with a modern touch. So I'm going to be giving this movie a four out of five Airbnb rentals as well. Well, that is it for our spoiler-free review for Leave the World Behind. Again, hitting Netflix December 8th, so you'll be able to check it out. And hey, if you check it out and you want to let us know what you think, and if if you know we're wrong, uh, well, you can let us know by, by reaching out to us at, via email at we wearegeekcentric at gmail.com that's wearegeekcentric at gmail.com or you can reach out to us on twitter at geekcentricyt or formerly known as twitter now known as x or you can reach out to us on instagram at wearegeekcentric keep in mind we have a ton of great episodes out now for you to enjoy including our spoiler free reviews for the boy and the heron our spoiler free review for disney's wish as well as our spoiler free review for the netflix series scott pilgrim takes off we also have our spoiler filled review for Marvel Studios, The Marvels. And uh, we also have a ton of interviews out right now, uh, including our interview with uh, Alan Tudyk, uh, the voice of Valentino from Disney's Wish. Uh, Nate had the chance to sit down with him here in Toronto. Uh, I also had the, an interview with uh, the director, Fawn Verthstorn, and producer peter delvecco of disney's wish those are available both on podcast feeds and on youtube.com slash geek centric uh which will also be the house of uh, uh upcoming interviews we got a lot of interviews coming up we got more reviews coming up uh december is a wild and busy month a lot of people are slowing down i think we're going to be picking up for the next two weeks so stay tuned make sure to subscribe to us wherever you listen to podcasts and hey if you wouldn't mind, if you enjoyed this episode, if you enjoy what we're doing, feel free to give us a review. Five stars is the best way. It's it's the best gift you can give us. It's it's you know it's like sharing a house with us during an apocalyptic cyber attack. It's just it's so great. We appreciate you. Uh, but until next time, Kevin, Nate. 
Thank you for joining me for this spoiler-free review. And as we say... Love ya. Get home safe, guys, and stay there. (laughs) Peace. (laughs) 